Auto sequence start in five, four, three, two, one. Well, hello there. Welcome, my fellow firework aficionados, to another installment of Can Conversation. My name is Andrew, and with me, as always, my good friend Steven. What's up? So we're doing fireworks episode, huh? This is the episode that will uh, be just before the 4th. Perfect. So happy birthday, America. Yay, America. Here we go. Sweet. Amazingly enough, uh, I, I just wanted to ask you, uh, when's the last time you've actually had to implore the old stop, drop, and roll maneuver? I haven't been on fire in a long time. <laughs> um, I, I can't think of a time that I've... So I, I take that... I, haven't, I didn't have to stop, drop, and roll, but I panicked. Um, we were doing shots when I was like 18, and I lit my thumb on fire at uh, Shannon's house. Um, my buddy that I went on the Bahamas trip with, we stuck our thumb in, in um, Everclear, and then lit it on fire, and you had to do the shot before your thumb started burning. And <laughs> and I did the shot, but I couldn't figure out how to get my thumb not to be on fire anymore. And I panicked, and it was running down my arm. And oh I'm like, my. oh. And I was already too too had too many. And so yeah, so that was the last time I've been on fire. You? When's the last time you stopped? <laughs> I've never had to stop, drop, and roll. But what's funny is what you're speaking of seems to be a lot of the start of good videos that you see on the internet. Yeah, I wish we had that on video. But uh, amazingly enough, every time I see videos of people catching on fire, none of them seem to take the action of stop, dropping, and rolling. But yet, it seems to me when we were young, we had that particular mantra pound into our head. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as, yeah. mu as much as we know it, we had to have heard it a thousand times yeah. when it's, we were it's younger. If, if you see something, say something, stop, drop, and roll. There's a, there's a whole list of things that they've, you know, they've pounded into your head about how to handle certain severe issues. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I, I'm still waiting for the opportunity. I'd hope it never comes, I guess, but uh, uh, we'll see what happens. All right. Well, I mean, in keeping with our branding, one of us does always bring a new, unique, or rare can beverage to dehydrate in the most fun manner possible. And while we do so, we fixate and dissect the weirdisms of life for you <laughs> and your entertainment. Right. Later in the show, we'll review and rate the canned beverage and let you know if you should try it while slowly sinking into that quicksand pit you accidentally stepped into that you were sure never actually existed. Oh, because I, I have a sand, I have quicksand on my list of things I want to talk to you about in general. Oh, good. Because Perfect. That's one of those where I mean, we're going to talk about mythical things today. Yeah. Our myths that you believe to be true when you were younger. And I thought quicksand was one of those. It is. Um, so uh, in keeping with that theme, um, we, have a, we have a can. Yeah. So you know what we do before we what do we do? introduce the can? Why don't you do that? We play a movie line and Jesus, then some music Jesus, has its walk-on music. Bring it. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's do it. What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong. But I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. Ron, I would be surprised if the affiliates were concerned about the lack of an old, old wooden ship. <laughs> but nice try. <laughs> oh, little anchor man. Nice. <laughs> I picked that one out because of his odd beliefs. Yes. <laughs> his mythical. Uh, diversity ship all, all right. right so uh let's talk about uh, this mythical can yeah so so today uh is going to be brought to you they don't sponsor us they should um by shilling hard cider um so it, the reason it's it's brought to you today for this topic is because it's got a giant yeti holding a boom box yeti bigfoot uh, whatever you call that like mythical creature of uh, a giant hairy ape man with sunglasses and a, a boom box on it. And it's, he's a local legend. So it's a, uh, it's shillings hard cider. Yeah. Also known as the, uh, world's longest hide and seek champion. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> agree. I think I've seen that on a shirt or two yeah. and makes me uh, chuckle every single time. Absolutely. So uh, classic semi-sweet 
This is made, hard cider. Made, this is the first time I've ever seen this, but and maybe other people, maybe it's a regional problem, but um, it says it's made in the um, the PNW. And I'm like, what the hell is the PNW? But PNW is Pacific Northwest, just for the record. And I think this is an Oregon um, hard yeah, cider, right? Makes sense, because that's where a lot of sightings for... That's where the Yeti lives. Big, I think the Yeti... Oh, sorry, Bigfoot lives there, not yes. the Yeti. Yeti. Yeti is snow. Yes. Okay, my bad. It's like in it's, the... Oh, I've already screwed this the up. The Himalayas! <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So um, this uh, is made with apples, I believe. It's an uh, apple it hard be, cider. It's, it's, yeah, right. it's got an apple on the... And can. it says it's vegan and gluten-free. I, I know you like to... Uh, As out. with everything in Oregon... And yeah, in fact, I think the uh, UPC symbol is actually shaped like Oregon. Or no, that's Washington. This is a Washington beer. I, I don't. It's Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Does it really matter? They're it's either. It's one of the two. Yeah, it's all fine. Right. It is. <laughs> it's Pacific Northwest. Just know it's yeah. all right. And did you uh, mention the uh, alcohol by volume? I didn't, but it's five point two percent alcohol by volume. It, we are drinking out of a twelve Florida ounce can. I was going to ask. Yep. This is a normal it? normal size can for those wondering. Um, so yeah, fresh pressed apples. So we're gonna enjoy this. Nothing artificial, it says. So we are going to have an all natural hard cider. We are basically hippies drinking out of this can. So what do you got for me today? All right, I have myth, legends, and stories. Okay, that you were told as a kid. You may have questioned whether or not they were true or not. I am here to tell you whether they were. Okay. You get to guess. Ooh, it's a game. Sure. No. I like games. Yes. Because All right, we'll play along at home. If yes. you write these down, see if you can beat me. Go. <laughs> all right. Now, keeping in mind, not all of these are one answer. Some of these uh, may actually be true. So uh, I'm just letting you know that. Okay. All right. So I, I just want to throw out a few examples of what I'm talking about here. Okay. Some of the low-hanging fruit I think we all have heard. I don't get credit for any of these answers? No, because okay. these are per fairly easy. I feel like um, if you swallow chewing gum, you understand that now it's not going to linger in your body for six years. Yeah, I heard seven, but okay. Seven was six a, a is popular probably reasonable. Number. Seven is not reasonable. <laughs> Uh, if you eat apple seeds, a tree will grow in your stomach. Yeah. Variations are like watermelon Watermelons seeds. Watermelons is the only one I had. <laughs> so those, I think, again, those are sort of the, that low-hanging fruit here. Now, the ones that I have, I think, may be a little bit rooted in some science and, and stuff, so they're not necessarily completely debunked. But, uh, spoiler, a lot of them are. <laughs> okay. Okay, All right. go. Are you ready? So yep. did you ever hear this as a child? Your eyes will pop out if you sneeze with them open. No. You never heard that? No. You can't do it. Like it, <laughs> It's your body dying for a hot second or something. I've heard that. Okay. Well, that takes it to another extreme. But, but I think uh, that's bunk. It is bunk. Thank you. That, that's, uh, give yourself one point for that. I'm giving myself a point. Yeah, I think I have 10 of these. So, Ooh, okay. Uh, All right. So folks playing along at home, I'm beating you. I do. You. I have 10. Um, so sneezing includes an autonomic reflex that closes your eyes. Yeah. Okay. Like a shark. But it is possible to sneeze with your eyes open. Most people don't make the concerted effort to try unless they're younger and they've heard that myth and they're like, do I, do I, do I try this? Do I tape my eyes open? Because if you do and they pop out, see, that's where part yeah. of the fun of these myths come from right. is where you also... The fear of it happening is yeah. keeps you from even trying to see if it happens or not <laughs> or if it's a lie. Right, yeah. right. When I was young, I didn't want my eyes to pop out, so I'm either. not sure that I was going to necessarily try that, but I might have gotten the stupid kid down the block to try, right? A guinea pig, if yeah. you will. Um, but there is no definitive clinical data to explain why we close our eyes when we sneeze. Some people just think that it could be to protect our eyes from the irritants and the stuff that's coming out of our mouth just and a mere nose. few inches down yeah. stream. If you've watched Mythbusters, like your sneeze goes like eight to 10 feet or something. It's like <laughs> yes. a, a ridiculous amount. So I don't blame you for closing your eyes. Well, hopefully it's no more than six feet because I was told that COVID can't travel any farther than five feet, 11 inches. I, I don't know the exact measurement, but I'm fairly certain it was well, more than that. Six feet. I was told six, six feet, feet 11 is inches. how you, how you protect yourself. Inches. Got it. All right. Number two, swimming until uh, no swimming until an hour after eating. Yeah. That's, True or false? That is false. You think that's, it's false? That's crap. All right. That is, you are correct. Uh, 
Pediatricians were doubting this old wives' tale as early as 1961, but it has hung on stubbornly. A lot of parents told their children, hey, don't get in that water. You're going to cramp cramp up. That was the big thing. Uh, if you're swimming after lunch and start to feel a stitch or bloated or crampy, just hop out of the pool. No, not one water death, amazingly enough, has ever been attributed to post-meal cramping. And the American Red Cross, surprisingly, does not include food warnings in its lengthy swimming safety guidelines. That's odd. Because <laughs> it's crap. All right. Well, so you have two points out of two. I do. Congratulations. Doing well. You are doing well. Rusty nails cause tetanus. tetanus. I'm going to go with it's true not just or rust, false. but it is metal in some way, shape, or form. So I'm going to go with true. It is false. Dang it. It, uh, it is not rusty nails. Yes, puncture wounds can lead to tetanus. Uh, so kids should be vaccinated and adults should get their booster shot every 10 years yep. um, or so, even though it does cause quite the muscle wasting when you do. It hurts for a while. That's, uh, that's a lingering shot. Um, but tetanus is spread by a hardy little bug called uh, the, I hope I get this correct, Colosteridum tetanii, it's, uh, it which survives correct. outside the body in the form of uh, little spores, which is sort okay. of like anthrax or they're, they're spores of stuff. But those spores are everywhere. They're not on nails. It's not, not just, just metal. It's, it could right. be wood. It could be anything. It's just a puncture wound that goes into your bloodstream. That's, that's the problem. If you have an open wound and the spores of tetanus are around and okay. they get in, then you can get tetanus. Do they hover more around metal? No. Specifically rusty metal? There's nothing magical about rusty nails. In fact, rust is just harmless iron oxide and doesn't cause infectious disease. Well, that is in, enlightening. <laughs> right. Everything you ever thought about rust does not matter if it gets in your bloodstream. I, I, I went to a ER last year because I smashed my pinky between a... a a log and a log splitter end. Mm. Um, and they're like, you're seven years from your last tetanus shot. We should give you another one. I go, I'm going to pass. I got, <laughs> I got three years. I left. got three years. Don't, don't, don't screw me on my good three years. That's right. Um, and she's like, if it weren't seven o'clock and we're trying to close, I'd make you take this tetanus, <laughs> but we're trying to get up out of here. And I'm like, great. Just, just super glue this thing. And let's go home. So, all okay. right. So I would say you didn't get that one. That's the it's third one. Good. So you're two and one. Yep. Bundle up or you'll catch cold. That's crap. Oh, man, that is true. Wait, what? That is true. Uh, a I, study found that subjects giving a chill by dipping their feet in cold water for 20 minutes were more than twice as likely to catch cold within the week of, compared to the control group. Uh, here's why. Cold can both decrease and slow down the infection-fighting white blood cells that circulate in your body, right? So your blood's circulating a little slower. And cold can cause... Uh, narrowing of blood vessels in your nose where the rhinovirus hangs out. So this makes the hair-shaped cilia that's in your respiratory tract less effective to filtering out those bugs. I am two for four. I'm mm -hmm. I, I'm currently at an F. <laughs> you thought this was going to be a slam oh, dunk, Oh, I thought right? I was going to crush this. People at home are like, you're an idiot. Right, you're like, right. bundle up. That's stupid. That's stupid. I'm out. Yeah. Go, go, out, go out. Doesn't matter whether it's cold or hot. <sighs> All right. Doesn't matter. All right. Give me number five. See if I can redeem myself. You can see the Great Wall of China from space. You cannot. That's crap. There you go. Whew. Out of all the man-made objects on Earth, uh, that one is most commonly said to be visible by uh, Right. Everybody space. says you can see the right. Great Wall of China from space, and you cannot. It's been claimed you can even see the structure from the moon, although I'm not really sure who was uh, making those claims because right. not many people have been to the moon. Right. Uh, in truth, the structure only remains in view for people who are in very low orbit, just outside the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, ideal weather would be obviously required, but past 100 miles up, that wall becomes almost invisible. Agree. Yeah, so if you were that guy that was in the Red, the Red Bull uh, capsule... Oh, yeah. I think he was right on the precipice. If he was just above the Great Wall, he could have seen it before he jumped above that. Becomes invisible. Cannot see it. Okay. And apparently, they even asked uh, Neil Armstrong, who has been on the moon, and he confirmed he could not make out any man-made structures when he was looking back yeah, at it's Earth. A, it's a little ball. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was like mostly blue with a hint of some brown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a big flat object that I can see. Giant marble. Couldn't yeah. make out no. anything man-made. 
All right. All right. I got that one. Good. Good, good job. All right. You're coming back. I, I feel you're, you're going to do well from here. Sit up straight. Slouching is bad for you. Slouching is bad for you. Yes. Slouching. That's a true statement, you That's think? a true statement. Ah, man, you failed that one. Back to 50-50. I hate this. Doctors game. took MRI images of healthy patients in three different sitting positions, both hunched, sitting up straight, and leaning backwards at a full 45 degrees. The Who up- leans back for one? Who leans backwards at a full 45? I think it was just to see whether that what they could see on the MRI. What are they looking at like Russian, and, Russian gymnasts or something? Well, now... If you're on a lazy boy, okay. right, you're you're leaning back at 45 degrees, but you have oh, I just kinda, support. I just assumed it was like bend at the hip and go straight backwards. <laughs> and just hold up. yourself. Yeah. That's, that's called a crunch. Right. I believe that's actually but, an ab but, workout. Yeah, but backwards is, is crazy. Okay. Okay. Um, the upright posture actually caused the most spinal disc movement, which leads to strain on the back. So if you're sitting it's straight all compressing up, straight down. Yes. Okay. Uh, in a classroom setting, the best advice is probably for kids to sit at whatever angle of recline helps the back feel relaxed and supported and take breaks by standing up and walking around uh, to keep things moving. Okay. So, so I'm not doing good. Well, so yeah. far. And again, I think it's funny, right? These were like these yeah, myth drilled in your head. Right? <laughs> and you're like, I should just comp- answer false on all of them. And I'd probably get 80% right. Is that keep- how math works? It is. All right. Sugar rots your teeth. The age old, you give kids no sugar, and they're going to get a bunch of cavities. Negative ghostwriter. That is. Oh, you got it right. Sorry. Oh, thank God. I I saw false and wanted to immediately. Like that was okay. So yes, you got it correct. Your mouth microbes can turn any carbohydrate into acid. Right. There's nothing special about sugar. Bread, rice, fruits, vegetables, anything starchy enough uh, to keep the bacteria on your teeth drilling cavities for hours they can do that as long as that food is present on your teeth yeah um are sugars worse than other carbs because they're stickier no no uh in the 90s there was a series of tests done on the staying power of different kinds of dental plaque and cooked starches were much worse than sugar so if you're eating ravioli spaghetti cannelloni sticks on your teeth lasagna that's going to be the worst for you cooked starches okay Toast, maybe? Is that I've been cooked? saying this this whole time, and people are like, you like dessert so much. I'm like, yeah, it's not bad for my teeth. Shut up. <laughs> That's right. It's no right. worse. It's no worse than, than your ravioli. lasagna. Now, that yeah. just so I said bread for a second there, and I said, now, you know, is uh, is cooking bread toast? Is that yes, cooked that's bread? Co- cooked bread is toast. Okay. But it's not, it's not like lasagna. Is it raw bread if you don't toast it? Yeah. <laughs> Although I think, I feel like it's toast, bread is made of wheat. Right, and wheat's already been cooked to make the bread, so it's 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 almost like twice baked potatoes, but it's like twice baked bread. So you've already cooked the bread to make it bread, then you cook it again to make it toast. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I wonder what other foods you cook twice like that. But a lot of pastas actually they're sort of pre cooked, they're pre made, then you they're boil pre- them. Okay, all right. You like your pasta al dente? Everybody's supposed to have it al dente. I don't know. Some people I, like it a little uh, I'm married into an Italian family, so that's why ah, you make that's it. that's right. Italiano. Yep. All right. Where are you at? I'm at four. Four uh, right? Four correct. And how many wrong? Three? Three. Yes, because we're on number eight. That makes sense. Just trying to keep you, you perked up My here. I want to keep you involved. Yeah, okay. Good. Here. All right. I don't want you trailing off. Nope. These, these are real thinkers. Okay. All right. Sugar makes, while we're on the subject of sugar, sugar makes kids hyper. Uh, false. There you go. He's coming back. Sugar doesn't really wind kids up. As, uh, as your parents probably Absolutely. said a hundred times, don't, uh, don't eat that candy bar right before you go to bed. Right. You'll never sleep. It's Did you hear true. that? Yes. And, or, or like the best part of being grandparents is filling them full of cookies and sending them <laughs> home to their, you know, their parents. That's right. Apparently, it's just the occasions that lend themselves for kids to be hyped where most of the sugar happens, i.e. kids eat a lot of sugar at birthday parties, holidays, going over to the grandparents' house, getting all jazzed up uh, all right. in terms of attention. So it's not sugar's fault, but sugar's been blamed. Sugar just happens to be present at a lot of the occasions okay. that will rev up kids 
Okay. And uh, make them more hyper. Uh, and in 1994, an experiment put this blame squarely to the test, um, and they showed that moms and dads were much more likely to classify their kids' behavior as hyper when told that the kids had just gotten buzzed on sugar, when in reality, all the kids in the study were drinking a sugar-free placebo. So it was so ingrained in the parents' minds that this is a legit thing that, you know, they were like, hey, your kids, your kids uh, are, got, are up on sugar. What do you think? What, are they more hyper or less hyper? And they're like, oh, my gosh, they're way more hyper. <laughs> and they were like, no, that's completely wrong. Our last episode, we probably should have touched on placebo effect. I don't know if people <laughs> listen to it or not, but if you didn't, go back and listen. Placebo effect's a good, um, a good segue into that. So keep going. All right. I'm still sitting at five right now. Five and five? No, five and five and four. four. I'm still, we're yes. on nine. Because we are on number nine. Don't mess with me. All right. Number nine. Have you heard this one? All nutrients of a potato are in its skin. I have heard that. I do not believe that to be accurate. All right. So you say it's false. It's false. That is a correct answer. Uh, and I always heard this as a child when we would have baked potatoes yeah you have to eat the right? whole thing to get any nutrients <laughs> right. at all and you're like well why, don't, why do you even serve the inside then how do you like your baked potatoes what do you uh, put on them butter sour cream and cheese all right um, no chives no bacon bits I, I i can i could do with bacon bits i'm good with that but um really just make it into like mashed potatoes in the middle of the skins like just smush the whole thing around with with some cheese butter and so do you cut it? Do you cut it long ways? Cut it a long ways. Yeah. Then mush up. Mush the heck out of it. Put butter, okay. cream cheese, and, and and cheese on it. And, and then do you scoop out the insides? Like so, you're eating mostly the eat inside. All of, of the, it, but the but the skin. Okay. Yes. And therein lies where I think most kids yeah. learned that procedure. Yeah. Right. They were like, "I'm cutting this thing open. Yeah, I'm putting butter on this thing." Some and- jackhole out there is <laughs> it's like putting stuff in the middle, cutting it long ways, putting stuff in the middle, folding it like a sandwich, and just eating a <laughs> potato. And you're like, "Hey, dude, that's not okay." Oh. Uh. And some of those uh, restaurants out there with the cheese, they have the melted cheese and the broccoli and the chives yeah, I, and the I, bacon bits. I don't need all that. It's so good. Don't, I know, but I don't need all that. But if you eat the skin, you're not going to get any additional nutrients that you wouldn't get from what's inside of it. So apparently in 1945, the Food and Drug Administration uh, of the National Research Council recommended um, so that the skin contains approximately half of the total dietary fiber. The majority of the nutrients are found in the potato itself. The only nutrient significantly lost when the skin is removed is some fiber, but all the potassium and vitamin C are actually predominantly in the flesh of the potato. Perfect. All right, so so I'm sitting at six out of nine. Yes. We're ready for nine or we're ready for ten? That was number nine. We're ready for ten. We are ready for the last one. The best I can do is a C. Excellent. I got to get this right, though. Go. Drink eight glasses of water a day. Or what? Are you threatening me? Right. You should drink approximately eight glasses of water a day. I, I'm going against my gut. I'm going to say false. <laughs> That's good. And I think this one, I saved this one for last because I think this one is going to sort of blow people's minds a little bit, right? Like, because I think everyone thinks in terms of water as being. Yes, they really talk right. about the benefits and the health benefits of drinking the water, and you should have enough during the day. Uh, but actually, um, this rule was an accident. Um, so apparently, this came out. There was uh, some research done again by the food. Now, this one was the Food and Nutrition Board, and what they recommended was one millimeter of water for each calorie of food eaten. This was, again, in 1945. This is where this came out. Who measures water in millimeters? A 1,900-calorie diet. They were very scientific. So in a 1,900-calorie diet, that would indeed work out to approximately 64 ounces of water in a day. Millimeters or milliliters? Milla, uh, milliliter. Okay, thank Did God. I say millimeter? Yeah, I'm like... One square inch of water. Yeah, that's like a length. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sorry. Maybe I I misheard. I'm looking at my notes. One milliliter of water for each calorie of food eaten is what they recommended. And in approximately 1900 calorie diet, 64 ounces of water per day. But everyone appears to have forgotten the very next sentence in that same 1945 research where it said most of this quantity is contained in the prepared foods that you eat. Oh, so you're already basically eating 
quite a bit of water based yes. on if you eat leafy lettuce or watermelons or like those kind of things. Potatoes. Like nothing but water. <laughs> right. Um, watermelon. That's a huge amount of water. Most right. of it's, it's just, water. It's like 95. It's colored water in, yeah. the, in the middle. Agreed. Um, so, uh, most of our water gets to us in non-water form. Like most um, animals who don't have to drink all the, like eight glasses of water a day, right? They just eat, <laughs> they eat grass, which has the water yes. in it. Okay. Yes. Said in fact, the National Institutes of Health, uh, told the Los Angeles Times in 2000 that a healthy adult in a temperate climate could probably replace his or her bodily daily water loss in food alone without a single glass of water. So if I sit here and do nothing all day, I can probably just have one glass of water. You can just eat all the food. Yeah. And, I, I, I'm sorry. I yes. don't have to drink water at all. I can just eat and have all the water right. I need. Okay. Right. Great. Well, I ended up with seven. Well, I have one more piece that, of that information to oh, tell you. Crap. Okay. Unless you have kidney stones, because this is good information for you out there. I, I like to learn as well as entertain. Uh, educate. Uh, I, I like to learn too, but I also yeah, like to pass you like that to learn learning. And then, and, yeah. I like to learn. Pass it along, entertain, and educate. Okay. Unless you have kidney stones or urinary tract infection, you should probably worry more about drinking more water than you need than not enough. Gotcha. And in fact, this is this is what uh, solidified in my mind what was great about this particular topic. Um, it doesn't even have to be water. So a 2000 study by the Center for Human Nutrition found that even supposedly diuretic beverages like coffee, tea, and caffeinated soda provide almost, of the, almost all the hydration that you need, that water does. Huh. So if so, you're out there drinking coffee and you feel bad about it, or for tea and you feel bad about it, and you're like, man, I should really be drinking more water and not all this coffee and tea. It. Don't worry about it. If you got a UTI, drink whatever liquid is around. I'm guessing... Even if it's a, a shilling hard cider, you're good. <laughs> yes. Well, now it said, unless it you have kidney stones or a UTI. Now, you might want to drink cranberry juice or, if you have a UTI. Okay. All right. Because I've heard that has some uh, properties that will help this you. This is all natural, gluten-free, and vegan approved. So this is probably the same as water, too. So I'm guessing UTI people can have this. Yeah, this and cranberry juice. Okay. Now, if you had cranberry and vodka... That'd probably be yeah, it'd be the better. bee's knees. The bee's knees. Because I think it has. I think cranberry has natural antibiotic Agreed. Uh, properties. Everybody wants to drink cranberry juice. That and honey. Honey has some natural mm. antibiotic characteristics. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Um, so that was ten. How many did you get? I got seven. Seven. Well, Seventy percent. If you're listening to this at home, let us know what you what you got. If you uh, if you scored higher than me, um, I thought I did pretty well. I mean, I, I kind of started slow was my problem. So uh, I have a few honorable mentions, and I think you wrote down a few. So um, I'll just throw these out at you, and you tell me if you want to uh, see if you, you wrote these down. Uh, if you die in your dream, you die in real life. No. You know, I did hear that, yes. Every, I think yes, everybody's I've heard, heard that. that. Yes. I think that's been pretty much debunked. I, I, pretty much, I think yeah. I've died in my dream once or twice, hit the bottom of that uh, fall that everybody has. If you sit too close to the TV, it will ruin your eyes. Yes, I've heard that. That is false. That's false. That's Dogs correct. only see in black and white. Uh, that's super false. That is they false. See in, yeah, they, they've got color tones that they see, just not like us. they got rods and cones. I agree. And uh, you need both uh, for a to little bit color. of color. We yeah. don't know how they see because they can't talk to us. Right. If they so, could talk, that would be a, a way better situation. <laughs> right. But, yeah. But they definitely see colors. We're just not sure what what variations of colors they see. It's just different than us. And one of the, uh, the last one that was one of my favorites uh, that I know I, everyone has heard this as a child and completely debunked, will baby birds be abandoned if you touch them by their mother because they smell you as a human? I think that's horrible mothering if that's the case. So I'm going to go with no. That's crazy. It's totally false. And in fact, when I was uh, kind of looking these up, I'm like, all right. So I read that. And that birds just do not have that good a smell. Right. right? Like, they got beat. They got, they they got, got hard cartilage noses. Right. And just little holes on yeah, the top of their beaks. That's not good. Um, now, if they me. see you, like, they're not going to jump over and try to necessarily, unless it's a goose, because goose Ge are, geese are, geese crazy. are crazy. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> But uh, did you have any other on your list? Though? I have all kinds of stuff. You want to do beers first? What do you want to do here? Yeah, I want to hear your list first. So, um, so my one of mine is um, cracking your knuckles gives you arthritis. Right, false. It does not. <laughs> um, it actually is a gas buildup in your knuckles that you can release, which I didn't really get, and I still don't. 
Like I'm not smart enough to figure out how that works. I don't get it, but yeah, it's not, it's just, it's a, a gas release in your knuckles. It's weird. Um, so, um, if you cross your eyes and someone hits you in the back, mm. they, they, your stick. eyes will stay crossed forever. Yeah. There was a movie in the like late eighties. I really thought was hilarious. I wish I could know if you got, if someone out there remembers what movie this is, please uh, let us know. But uh, that was a thing that the, the, the kid, yep. they were telling the kids, and they did it, and it stuck. It, stuck. <laughs> it was great. And so the last one, and you tell me if I'm way off base here, but when I things I was I was taught as a kid is that rich people always have specialized mustard in their car, and if you need mustard and you have a sandwich emergency, you can ask a rich person as long as there's a limousine next to mm -hmm. you, yeah. and you can have them roll down their window, and they will present you with. They don't have mustard, but they do have Grey Poupon. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I think that's true. All, all rich people are eating sandwich stuff and have sandwich spread yes. in their car. Yeah, if you have a Rolls Royce, you should there's have, Grey Poupon uh, inside that Rolls Royce. 100% of the time, you can satisfy your, your sandwich issues if there's a rich person next to you. Yes. Excuse I, me. Do you have any, any Grey, Grey Poupon? Poupon? Yes. Yes. You got any mustard? <laughs> no, we have Grey Poupon. I'm like, okay, great. So I always believe that. You did believe that as a kid? Sure. I'm like, why not? I don't know any rich people that drive around in Rolls Royces, so yeah, I'm sure, sure they have Grey Poupon. If I ever run into if I have sandwich issues and I'm sitting in the back seat somewhere and there's a Rolls Royce, I'm going to ask the guy, dude, roll your window down. Right. Do you have mustard? And he's going to go, no, I got Grey Poupon. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll take that. I like spicy mustard. Excellent. Well, that's a good one. Um, I was trying to think uh, personally if there were any other um, any legends that I like really believed or was scared of. A couple of ones I hit on. Monsters like the, under the bed is always one. Like you believe that if you didn't tuck your sheets in, like that there was going to be monsters could get to your neck. Like vampires right, could get to your right. neck, or monsters could get to your feet if your feet weren't tucked in right. Like I, those kind of things for sure. Yeah, those are always fun. Um, so I had a good time with that. If you guys uh, out there have any. Uh, that uh, you had as children. Um, I, I know we've talked in the past about things we've told our own children that were pretty much just blatant uh, entertainments for oh, ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> That's an entirely different topic. Probably. Um, we're going to rate this beer, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about more about some of uh, some uh, a fun, really uh, way antiquated myths and legends as it, re as it refers to uh, being married and marital bliss. Nice. Um, and this is really just for my entertainment because right. I think it's hilarious. I want to get your take on it. Okay. One more before we, we leave this topic, which is I forgot about quicksand being in every cartoon. It, it, it us thinking it was going to show up predominantly. <laughs> I mentioned at the top, like when you're little, you think there's quicksand everywhere because it's in a, a lot of cartoons and you're like, you could just walk through the woods and end up in quicksand. That, that has never come into play in my right. life. Right. So that is for sure. One is that that's the stuff I, that's in cartoons is weird, right? right. Like, they, like it's, you're going to, you're going to face these weird obstacles in life and you don't ever face those weird obstacles. Yeah. The stop, drop and roll. I thought, you know, that was going to be really come in handy a lot. Um, as I mentioned, when I said, you're, you know, you try this beer the next time you're sinking in the quicksand. Yeah, that was it. Right. Yeah. I was like, uh, again, with you, where you would watch these movies and people would step into this quicksand and it would just be the ultimate slow death, right? Yeah. It's, they're sinking Don't so move. slowly. They're in quicksand. Shut up. That's <laughs> never going to happen to anybody. Right. So. It's like, uh, how many times have you been in quicksand? Zero. Zero Thank times. Thank goodness. Because, man, whew, that would be terrible. All right. So talk to me about Schilling's Hard Cider with the... Uh, with the uh, Lovely, not Yeti. Bigfoot. Bigfoot um, carrying a boombox. How do you feel? Uh, this is good. Um, this is a, a nice hard cider. Uh, I don't really, it's one of those things where I feel like if I get a cider, um, then, and if I, when I drink it, I feel the crispness of, of the tart fruit that's in it. So, you know, like, um, a tart apple in this yep. instance, uh, you know, it, we were talking the other day, um, and I don't know if you feel this way, but like Granny Smith back in my day, back when I was a kid, it felt like it was tart, right? Like it, it was the, it was the most tart. It was the most flavorful of the apples. Like we would get a Granny Smith, you would bite into it and you go, man, that's got some, a, a little bit of zing to it. Yep. 
I feel like now you buy Granny Smith, and I don't know if it's just because there's so many apple varieties, but I can barely eat that thing. <laughs> it's like it's really tart. It's like over the top tart. Um, that's not what's in here. But um, I just wanted to throw that out as <laughs> okay. another thing that when we were kids, yeah, like it's apples different. seemed to be there was like Red Delicious, which which was kind of mushy in your mouth. Yeah, Golden Delicious. And Granny Smith, I think there was like three apple yeah, types. Back, back, <laughs> back in 1847, when there was only three apples, right. we had a good time. Now there's all these variations. Right. There's everything. Pink ladies, jazz. Fugees. Fugees, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, atomic bombs, whatever. Right. There's so many types of apples. Um, this so, has wow. a really good, not overly tart, so not the current Granny Smith level, uh, but there's a good amount of like a kind of a tart finish, which is kind of a fun finish, right? Because it gives it a little bit of flavor. If I'm having a beer that's not a cider, if you will, right? It has that sort of beer taste that finishes uh, with that typical like i guess some some of the hops to it but not hopefully it's not too hoppy like an ipa for me but with a cider i feel like the taste is in that fruit finish yep and this has a good tart finish without being too tart it's not making my lips go yeah, into no. the pucker face agree right like a, it's not like i'm i'm uh, trying to kiss you well, that's good news I mean, for well, all I mean, of us, in, including you know, sometimes the you're, you have a kissable face. Uh, um, been told, <laughs> but uh, so it's this is good. I, I think I would put this at a, a good solid three, middle of the road cider. If I'm going to have a cider, if I were to pull another cider out that I've had that I, I, I've also rated a three, I think it would be in the same genre. Um, other than what I think separates this out is obviously the can. Yep, which has the Bigfoot on it and the local legend, right? And then he's listening to a boombox. So, I mean, if I'm taking this out at a barbecue, it's kind of a conversation starting. Yeah. Right. Uh, but otherwise, the taste of it is a solid three all day long. It's a good cider. Cool. Um, I think their classic semi sweet uh, sets your stage for exactly what it is, which is there's a little bit of. Um, like that fall, um, if you drink apple cider mm -hmm. regularly, like we, we, my family loves apple cider. So there's that little bit of tart, a little bit of sweet. Um, I like it. Um, it's not a bad cider at all. Um, it is, you know, like we said, gluten and vegan friendly or something. I don't know, whatever it was, gluten free and <laughs> it's vegan, vegan friendly. And it's gluten free. Yeah. It's so not vegan free and gluten friendly. It's, it's vegan free. <laughs> it's got meat in it. No vegans were There's, harmed yeah, in the making the of making this it, cider. Yeah. So, um, no, but it's, it's, it's good. Um, it really is good. And it's, yeah, I, I will drink more of these. I don't know that I'm going to seek them out. I'm struggling between threes and fours right now because I don't know that I'm going to go seek them out or put them in regular rotation. But it, it, I would drink it all day long. I mean, it's not, it's it's a it's a good beer, so it's a solid three for me as well. I think. I think uh, the all day long is where for me that's kind of. I I don't know that I would drink this all day long. For me, ciders do tend to um, compound. Meaning after I've There's had, I've there. had like a six pack of ciders before I've taken it somewhere and around three, I'm like, ah, I'm really starting to, yeah, the cider is, yeah. is sort of compounding on itself. I can, where I'm I like, can get there. Yeah, yeah. I've had enough of the tart. Yeah. I need something, something yeah. different. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the only reason why it doesn't start to bump up for me is I'm not that person that just can sit there and eat or uh, drink the tart. Uh, so I, I would have to introduce others. All right, so, so yeah, you're solid at solid threes. Three? We're both at solid threes. That's Excellent. good. Excellent. Um, all right. So the next thing I wanted to, to, to dive into is uh, some of the, the myth, the legend, the lore of marriage. Oh. Marriage has changed quite a lot over since, the years. Since when? <laughs> since the dawn of time. All right. <laughs> Are we going back that far? Well, we're going to go back to mid-20th century because okay. I found these fun articles about mar that they gave marriage advice to. Okay. And so similar to the first seg part of this is where I gave you some, uh, some things that were suggested as being wit ways of the world things we were told as truths yes. that they were technically i want you to tell truth. me whether these are true or false oh, in modern a, times is this another play along yes it's a play along uh and if you don't get 100 percent, then um there's something wrong i'm gonna get divorced yes that that would be the wrongness right there <laughs> all right uh, i can see that uh all right so here's here's a a few things from articles that I have found will digest what uh, what it, the article stated and see if this holds true today. And if All it right. doesn't, how doesn't it? Okay. Okay. 
Um, here's the first piece of advice. This came in a 1943 book entitled Sex Today and Wedded Life by Edward Poldowski. Uh, and the advice to oh. the wife is don't talk. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. Here is the advice. Ever? Don't like, talk. It says, don't bother your husband with petty troubles and complaints when he comes home from work. Be a good listener. Let him tell you his troubles. Yours will seem trivial in comparison. Remember, your most oh. important job is to build up and maintain his ego. Which gets bruised plenty in business. Uh, morale is a woman's business. Let him relax before dinner. Discuss family problems after the inter inner man has been satisfied. Is that Would you say that is a good piece of advice, true, or should be thrown out false? Wow. Um, I'm going to go with that is not today's woman, and it should be thrown out so false. false. All right. I, I would say that's probably a good... What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think, man, that is so, so, so slanted. Is the word poorly. sexist? Uh, it's, just, it, it's just beyond that almost. <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, your job is so, is so menial that like I've worked, a man has worked so hard. Your, your menial task doesn't mean anything, which is ridiculous because you and I both know we've had, we've, we've raised kids, right? Like, and, and your wife works, my wife works, my wife works with your wife, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> actually four. Um, and so like organizing the house and, and getting, keeping things, um, like keeping the, the kids going and, and for one, giving birth, <laughs> you get a pass in my book all day long <laughs> for, for actually doing that. But like my job is very easy. Now in my head compared to what my wife does, um, and she's, you know, part time. And I'm like, I don't know how you do what you do at our house, but I'm glad you do it because <laughs> I would fail miserably at it. So anyway, I, it's just, it's couldn't be more wrong and, and All right. sad. Yes. I would say that, uh, if I had to interpret that in today, that uh, our belief is her life is just as important as yours. hundred <laughs> percent. That's how I would translate what you said. Keep in mind, she's had a rough day too. Uh, don't gloss over when she's trying to tell you about the things that are bothering her. It's a two-way street, 50-50. Both parties should be talking. I apply the golden rule in this situation. Do unto her as you would have her do unto you. <laughs> wow. That's weird. It's always a good rule to keep in mind okay. is uh, treat each other like you would like to be treated. Absolutely. All right. Number two in the uh, in the. 1951 book, Sex, Satisfaction, and Happy Marriage, the Reverend Alfred Henry Tyrer said, Tyrer. It's coming from the church this time. That's great. Said his piece of advice is don't nag. I 100% agree with that. That's still <laughs> true today. I, he goes to say, I believe that the happiness of homes is destroyed more frequently by the habit of nagging than by any other one. Uh, nagging's horrible. A man may stand that sort of thing for a long time, nagging, but the chances are against his standing it permanently. If he needs peace to make life bearable, he will have to look for it elsewhere than his own house. And it's quite likely that he will if you're a nagger. Don't don't be a nagger. <laughs> But that would so is that true or false? That is true. Nagging is not good communication. Nagging is pent up aggression that you've not figured out how to address correctly. So I'm going to go with true. I don't give a crap what you <laughs> what button you push on here. Nagging is bad. <laughs> Actually, I, I agree that nagging is bad. I guess I would say it's probably not just good advice for the wife. It's probably good advice for both the husband and oh, the wife. Oh, look at you trying to earn brownie points. That's well, crap. No one likes a nagger, I think. I Agreed. mean, I think if all you're doing is nagging, then that will get... Do I get points for this? Is yes. what I'm okay, good. You get points for saying that neither party should nag. Right. It shouldn't be that, though, the way yes. he was saying he, that why He obviously is a moron, nag. but <laughs> nagging is bad in general. So yes, I agree, I agree with him that you should not nag. And I don't care as a who, husband. Or I don't care who you are. You, wife, <laughs> right. husband, whatever. or husband and husband. It doesn't or matter. Wife and wife. If those. If, I if, don't care. Whatever the whatever, whatever the, the relationship, relationship partner is. agreement that you have. Yes. Do not nag. All right, I agree with uh, that. Address your issues, not passive aggressively. Go. Number All right. three. Um, 
and 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 that's what I also had here. But uh, don't greet your partner with um, complaints or problems right as you walk in the door. I, that's the only further part of that I would say is the first. No, nobody wants to hear the first thing when you walk in is how much you hate your life. So come in both husband, wife, or any relationship variation thereof, come in with something positive to talk about and listen to the other one um, to unwind. It's a good way to set the tone for your uh, relationship. Okay. All right, number three, from a 1922, this is going pretty far back, uh, but still in the it's 20th gonna century. It's going to be good. Uh, uh, Dr. Robinson wrote a book called Married Life and Happiness, and he says, wives, bad cooking will drive your man to seedy salons. CD salons, CD like, salons. W- that would be like be a better cook is what he basically. Your said. husband will go find prostitutes. Uh, just CD salons. I don't know what that means. Well, let me go. Let me t- get into it. He says, "Okay, great. Bad cooking is responsible for dyspepsia. That's another word for uh, indigestion." Okay. Okay. Dyspepsia is responsible for grouchiness and irritability. Grouchiness and irritability lead to quarrels and squabbles and bad cooking, which is the usual thing in the average American home, has been responsible as much as any other factor for driving the husband to the saloon and other places. And when she does cook, she should cook and not be, some, as somebody said, a mere can opener. So just out of curiosity, what you said saloon and salon. Saloon. Oh, so are we so I was thrown off by salons. I said salons to CD salons. Oh, sorry, I meant uh, saloons. Saloons. CD saloons. Okay, so just bars. Yeah, bars. Um, you're not going to get any better food at a bar. I mean, like bar foods just as causes more indigestion for me than anything <laughs> my wife would ever cook. Um, that is horrible advice <laughs> for so go. many reasons. All right, um, and I am just happy when my wife. Like, I don't like to cook, and I know she doesn't probably either, but she does, and so she takes one for the team on this one, so I'm going to hats off to her. Uh, Very good. I don't care if it's crappy or not. I'm eating it. So really, both parties should be involved in the decision-making of where your food is coming from so that you can get your daily hydration allotment of water. No. You don't need the water. That's a throwback to the earlier. Yep. (laughs) So, yeah. But it shouldn't be all on the, the wife. To do all of the cooking. No. That is what you're saying. More and more, I think men are, are enjoying cooking now, too. And there's oh, yeah. a lot of wives that are like, I don't cook at all. And my, my husband cooks. He's, the, he's yeah. the main cook, which I think is awesome. Uh, it's just not my thing unless it's breakfast. And I'll cook you some breakfast. But yeah, like lunch, well, lunch is just a sandwich. Um, and then I have such low dietary needs. <laughs> I Like dinner could be a sandwich, too. Right. Yes. So I would... Say we're probably both of the opinion. Don't expect your wife to always be responsible for dinner. Try to take care of dinner an equal amount as or other foods in equal amount. Like you said, breakfasts and lunch where applicable, even if it's nothing fancy. If cooking isn't your strong suit, both of you should basically kind of talk it out and say how you guys will have dinner, whether it be eating out or uh, purchasing uh, maybe a, a a dinner service yep. is always a, a possible item. And then afterwards, I would say both of you always help clean up the dishes. It shouldn't be one person or the other always as well. <laughs> do you so, agree? I do agree. I don't do well at it, though. I, I'm, I'm sure if if my wife was on here live with us, because we are you know, starting this whole um, Spotify live thing, uh, if my wife was on here live, she'd be like, hey, can I talk? I need to talk right now. <laughs> Um, I don't clean up well. Um, I clean up after myself when I cook really well. Like I clean up before I eat. Like uh, everything will be clean before I go actually take my plate and sit down and eat. I I can't stand it. But when my wife cooks, I think she expects me. We've made an agreement at some point in our time that I should be cleaning up whatever if she cooks. And I don't do very good at it. I think that that's probably become sort of a universal. Whoever cooks, the other person should clean clean up the dishes. I just am not good at it. And like you, in our household, there are two different ways of cooking. When I cook, I clean as I cook. So things go in the dishwasher that I've used. Or um, if I can, I just try to make sure that things are being cleaned as I do that. Now, my wife really focuses on the quality of the food and not so much as the dishes that are being 
compiled oh. <laughs> as she's doing it. So a lot of times her cooking is a lot more boisterous. Right. Well, yeah, there's say. crap everywhere and there's, there's everything's a lot of, dirty and a lot of things yep. flying around. Yep. And uh, but it's it's a pleasure to eat her cooking and I will clean it up. All right, so number four because there's five of these total. So this we're, is a whole episode about you getting brownie points, isn't it? Keep I just going. thought these were funny. Like to All me, right. I I was reading these old context. Are yeah, uh, so weird where we came from. right of going. This was in a book. This legit was uh, was was actual was advice. advice from a doctor or a <laughs> reverend. Yeah, right. People of, in authority. Yeah. were saying this is how you should live as a wife, and uh, and I thought, well, this. I don't know how else to bring this up other than it's sort of a myth, right? like, as we look at it now. Um, number four. Uh, don't be a sexual vampire or a frigid franny. I don't. That was explain both of those. That'd be fun. This came from a 1922 book called Married Life and Happiness. Also, Doctor Robinson, we've uh, named him before. It says, now, if you are one of those frigid or sexually anesthetic women, don't be in a hurry to inform your husband about it. Uh, to the man, it makes no difference in the pleasurableness of the act whether you are frigid or not, unless he knows that you are frigid. And that he won't know unless you tell him. And that's true. And what and what he doesn't know won't hurt him. Heed this advice. It has saved thousands of women from trouble. And this may be considered too delicate or too trifling a subject to discuss in a book, but nothing is too delicate or too trifling that concerns happiness. If you believe me, I tell you, nice underwear or dainty lingerie plays a very important role in marital life. <laughs> if anything, in a woman's Toilet should be immaculate, fresh, and clean. I emphasize her underwear. Silk and lace is delicate, should be preferred, and should wow. be afforded. <laughs> uh, pay attention to, uh, or, and attention should be paid to the color. As a rule, a delicate pink is the color that most men prefer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How 1922 is that? Wow. We are 100 years removed. From, this, from that statement. From that statement. <laughs> <laughs> so when women say, we've been repressed over the years, you're like, yeah, I don't think it's been that bad. You're like, oh, it kind of has. It uh, kind of has. Basically, what that guy just said was, I know that you may not want to have intercourse. However, don't tell anybody about that. Right. Have it anyway, because he'll never know that you don't want right. it. Right. In pink underwear. Yeah. Because that's, that's what yeah. he prefers. Not only do you not want it, I need you to dress for what he thinks you want. <laughs> right. Oh, my Lord. So would you say that is a true... I'm going to go with false. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to try not to get hate mail and as fast as I can. Well, I think that's just I'm a doing good, good, good thing this. to live by. Is, yeah. uh, it's neither partner's job to please the other. Keep that in mind. That's just my straight. It's it's not any partner's job to make the, sure the other one is pleased at all times. Uh, not at all times, but I do think... Everybody has their... I, so I, I think both ways is you should as as a as a married couple you should be invested in going I want my my significant other to be pleased in all ways shape and form spiritually um, sexually um, emotionally whatever that is um, but I also am a and don't ask my wife but you could ask my wife this question <laughs> I'm a big believer in going I'm not into things that you don't want to do when you don't want to do them. Like I right. like I'm right. not going to force myself ever on anybody right. because it, it, that's not that's doesn't do it for me. Right. I'm not into that, and right. I don't want anybody ever to go. You pressured me into this. No, I did not. <laughs> Never did that happen. I will try to convince you that it's the right thing, and when you agree, I'll be like, I'm in. But if you're like, I'm not in, I'm not going to go. Yes, you are. Right. Ever. Right. That's crazy town. No, I agree. If if uh, only one person's having fun, not good. That's not good. That's not good. No. All right. So you got that one correct. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last one. This is by far probably the most uh, no. most controversial. Even after the sex one. Right. That's crazy. Um, because really, I think you should be wearing the pink underwear. Honestly, I, I, I who's saying I'm not? I know. I, I think you're open minded. I am. I, I and I'm credit. emotional. All right, the last one from Searchlights on Health. Uh, this was uh, the book, The Science of Eugenics, by Professor B. G. Jefferies. The old he BG. says, "Wives, remember your husband is the boss of you." Uh, well, honestly, <laughs> if you got married. We had to change our wedding vow um, because it said you will serve your husband. 
Like it doesn't ever say you'll serve your your wife in in your wedding vows. We changed ours. Um, uh, you know, I whatever. I pledge, whatever. I would what state your name. <laughs> pledge to serve your husband, and we're right. like, ah, that seems antiquated. Uh, yeah, like oh, that's old school. Like I, we that's serve each word other for as antiquated. It, it is. I like old school. <laughs> right. Anyway, so yeah, I, I I think that is a extremely well what prof- antiquated yes. way of looking at what it. Professor B G Jeffress said was the number one rule is reverence. Your husband, he sustained by God's order a position of dignity as head of the family, head of the woman. Any breaking down of this order indicates a mistake in the union or a digression from duty. Wow. All right. Well, Ooh, he rained fire down from the mountaintop. On he that did. Um, he said, do not speak. Don't nag. Wear pink underwear. He is the boss. Of and you. like it. <laughs> totally untrue. Um, so I, I, oh, I answered for you. Do you think? I think that's true. Remember, I'm, your I'm husband with, is the boss of you. I'm interested to see what our feminists think out there. <laughs> if we got any feminist listeners. Um, you say that's I'm true. I'm going to go with true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's incorrect. <laughs> Don't question uh, her judgment. Sometimes when the, it, this is, uh, this is, Everyone needs to get stuff off their chest, and it's a partnership and a union. Both people are the boss of themselves, and it's two individuals. Is this your editorial? Or this a, is my editorial. Which you are not a doctor or professor, correct? I'm not, and I didn't write a book, so maybe I'm, I should. I'm not certain why I believe you over this guy who actually is a doctor or professor who has written, written a book. Hmm. That's true, uh, but basically I, I would say, and this is honestly how... Um, when I think of because this has come up a couple times in talking about relationships, I always I always think there's two individual people and they're individuals before they get married and they're individuals after they get married that just happen to love each other and make a vow to the other one that they're going to live and love each other, but they're still individual people. So nobody is the boss of anyone. That is my one of my biggest pet like peeves of Did like. You listen to your vows because two people actually become one. We're one? You are one person in God's eyes. You are one. It's the union part of it. That's why you take two candles and you light one candle with it. Mm, we didn't you, do that, did we? Yeah. Oh, well, sir, we, yes, we had an oil-based uh, candle that we... Yeah, and there's sand things yeah, that people You did do. sand, I thought. No, we didn't do oh, sand. No, we did some oil. Okay. There were some oils that All right, were involved. So, I'm just saying, you two became one. You make decisions as one, which I think is your point in general, but you're not two individuals. You make decisions as a union. Yes, we do. But what I'm saying is there, there are two individual people that have two, indip- two opinions, uh, two thoughts on the matter, two individual, um, all their experience, all the things that they bring to the table. Um, I just don't... I. Anytime there's like a you rule this person, you're like no, right? These or two people are or this completely person separate. It, it, it get in more. It, it becomes more um, highlighted when it's usually in terms of when things go wrong. So it's like I hate when people go, "Oh, your husband's in trouble, right?" Because he stayed out too late, right? And you're like, <laughs> "Come on!" I'm like, "He's in trouble." A grown, he's a, a grown adult. man. Right. <laughs> like, um, but, no, like we're all adults here. Like, and yes, we do make decisions together, and you should be re- very respectful of the person's opinion, and you should, uh, you know, both work it out and come right. to a compromise if there's a, a large disagreement. Hopefully, uh, but you are certainly not the boss, right? Just because you have male genitalia. Uh, does not somehow make you external sex organs does not make you more in charge <laughs> right. than internal sex organs exactly and and honestly and I tell this to my wife and my girls all the time I think women are way more smart oh my God. way more smart. way more smart <laughs> they are uh, they are we're just kids trying to figure yeah. out life and they, yeah. they are the older they we get it. the more we stay the same age at 12 <laughs> right. and exactly. the more we have egos to get they get bruised and we we do stupid crap to to prove our, yeah. our worth men so. should not be running the world do we no. just do we just uh we're kids yep. running around on a playground bunch of 12 year olds all right, so that's what else what, you got? That's that's the five things I had. I, I printed awesome. out for all, for you because I'm I want you to post. Uh, so I gave you sort of uh, an excerpt from one of these magazines. Now this is going to come out uh, in a little while, right? So not tomorrow or anything. So I I, I think it would be kind of fun, and just to see how this goes. Better you than me, kind of thing. I oh, want great. you to go home and magnet that to your like fridge, okay? Right, and just see how long it takes. Number one for her to see it, right? Because we both live in house <laughs> with nothing but girls. 
So this is going to go right. well. Matt, put this like it's it's so what it is, it's it's a an excerpt and uh, I'll post this on the socials if you want to see it. But yeah. it's like this excerpt from this like uh, again, very similar style magazine um, and it has how to be a good wife and it has all of a lot of these types of things written down. So I'm just curious if you just magnet that to your fridge okay. and see what happens, just see what yeah, kind of feedback you get. Now it, this comes out. It could just be that she takes it and puts it in the shredder. Uh, could stimulate some good conversation. She went, what the hell is this? You just yell from the other room. Is this what kind of wife you want me to be? Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna <laughs> to result in violence. I can tell you what's going to happen in my house, but we'll see. I mean, I'll put it on the, I'll put it on the fridge. She may not ever notice it. Well, that's the other thing. Did she even notice or just, just you know, day-to-day life, you know, mm-hmm. just there's enough stuff on the fridge that you're like, what? Yeah. You know, like just keep going past there's it. There's enough graduations and all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. She may just go past it. I can tuck it up underneath her calendar, which she looks at every day, and then see what she says. I can get a response for you by tomorrow, probably. <laughs> I just, just just throw it on the on the on the fridge, right, see what right. happens. We'll I don't do. want you to force feed it. Okay, just throw it in a place that someone can see it. All right, just browsing. If she happens to catch her eye and go, "What's this? Why is this here?" and then go, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah, we'll do. All right, cool. Well, if people want to give us um their opinions on why the 1920s, 30s, and 40s really had marriage figured out. Or um, if you think uh, you did better than me on any of our games, I got a seven on the game one, and I aced the game two except for the last question I think I got wrong. So um, you can find any of our socials on our description in our in the podcast. Um, we are starting to do some live stuff now. So if you're listening to this and you're like, what's live stuff? You just go to Spotify Live and uh, subscribe to us. It will notify you usually on Thursdays when we are going live. So um, you can listen to us live. We have one live listener as we speak, which is awesome. So shout out to our, our live listener, Grant. Nice yeah. work, man. Thanks for joining. Um, so yeah, check us out. Um, again, we've got this shilling um, hard apple cider, and we'll we'll post a, a drink along for those who didn't listen live, um, and everybody else can drink along with it when they listen. Sound good? Sounds fantastic to me. Sweet. sweet. Thanks, Thanks you. you. If you were told the legend that there's extra content after the sign-off music, that legend is true. This is it. You found it. Congrats. Now get out.